take off. Good luck, Mando. When we find Jabba the Hutt and that bounty hunter, we'll contact you. I'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Tatooine. Princess, you'll find Han. I promise. Chewie, I'll be waiting for your signal. Take care, you two. May the force be with you. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 302, Top 10 Musical Moments, or Musical Themes, <laughs> Part 2. I can't even get it right. Um, I'm as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Embo and Ara Singh to my cat bane, we have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. Oh, can I please be Embo? Sorry, Katie, please. <laughs> No, it's all right. No, I love it. Like, come at You're me, Jackie. You're supposed to be Ambo, Carl. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Jason. That made Ambo. Okay, I can, like, I don't ever need to do a podcast again. I'm good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having Ambo. me on the show. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hand it off to Aura and Cad for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, we got here. We're good. We're good. You thought the fall killed me? Nuh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, guys! I had so much fun last week doing our our top. It was ten through six. That was so fun. Like I'm so glad we get to do ten. But I think we can all agree that even narrowing it down to ten was harrowing, to say the least. Yeah, it's pretty hard. There's so much great music and so many great themes. Like just narrowing it down to even ten, like a top five, I would have been done. I would have been like, "This is impossible." Goodbye. I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not true. It's impossible. <laughs> so, of course, we're gonna we're gonna finish out the uh, the the poll or the poll. Excuse me the um, the uh, the rankings. goodness gracious the rankings. Thank you, Katie. Um, yeah, in this welcome. particular episode, um, but before we get into all of that, as always, we got to give a shout out and a word of appreciation of thanks to our unofficial official Patreon sponsor of this episode of the Wampusler. This goes out to Greg Sharp. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon family and for saving yet another wounded Wampa who's just looking to make his way to the Tauntaun Burgers R Us. <laughs> yes. Yes. And wounded Wampas, armless Wampas still have feelings too. So we appreciate your donation. And so does he. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to find the Tauntauns because they didn't even make it to the first marker. Mm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. But you know where we're g- we'll see them in hell, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just want to I want to put this out there at the beginning of the show too, in case. You're just starting to listen. You're like, wow, this is a really long runtime. Again, we are we are going back and putting the radio dramas on at the end of every episode. So, so tonight, if you want to stick around after we're done recording, we have episode two of the New Hope radio drama 
points of origin coming at you right after this episode. But please don't fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> please. Because have we do. got a show for you. Yeah. Well, I was thinking if you do, just don't tell us. <laughs> right. Yeah. We won't know. But <laughs> Right. Right. No, we actually see what you do with every single download. Oh, we no. have that ability. Oh, creepy. No, we don't actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just me. But um, I can see everything. Everything, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Or has looked okay. back and looked at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Jason, <laughs> of course, we asked our wonderful Larians what they what they th- what their favorite Star Wars musical theme was, um, and of course, none of us are going to contribute ours in this particular poll because we're going to talk about it in the episode tonight, um, today or tomorrow or wait, not today or tomorrow. You know what I mean, um, Jason? What did the Larians have to say as far as their favorite musical themes? All right, well. We have quite a bit here, so bear with me. Now, um, in fifth place, with one vote each, we have the Rogue One theme, the Rebel Fanfare, which narrowly missed my top ten list, uh, the Clone War or the Clones theme from uh, the Clone Wars, the Cloud Riders theme, the Partisans theme from Rogue One, the Imperial March, Luke Skywalker's theme, Leia's theme, Ray's theme, Rose's theme. The uh, theme for the Battle of Endor and March of the Resistance. All fifth place with one vote each. Um, in fourth place with two votes each, we have Across the Stars, Battle of the Heroes, and Jedi Steps. I'm not sure that's a theme, but it's a good one, and people picked it. So, um, <laughs> in uh, third place with four votes, we have Duel of the Fates. Yeah. In second place with <laughs> five yeah. votes, we have. Yoda's theme. And then in first place with 12 votes to probably no one's surprise, we have the Force theme, Binary Sunset, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, so, <laughs> so, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yes, the Force theme. Um, 12 votes. Uh, quite, a, quite a spread between first and second. But uh, uh, great list, great picks. And I don't I was not surprised to see the Force theme on top of the pole. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Nor was I. So let's hop into ours. Let's hop with our top five. So do we want to do we want to just go in the same order as last time, or do we want to re-rock, paper, scissors each other? I don't know. You guys want me to embarrass you again? All right. <laughs> How good I am? Katie, it's rock, on. Paper, We're rock, paper, scissors oh, again. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 Put that bottle I, away, Katie. For continuity's sake, we <laughs> might as well just continue the same order. Okay. That's true, right. but we got to play rock paper scissors anyway. Let's just do I think, it just anyway. to, right. so we okay. know who. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys? Okay, see we're my doing hands? it in the same order, but okay. also rock paper scissors. Okay, fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Rock paper rock. scissors shoot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jason and I just covered Katie's powerful rock with a piece of paper. No. <laughs> yes. was, no, it's impossible. Rock is the mightiest option. How actually, I uh, Katie, I just want you to know, I didn't throw out paper. This is actually flimsy. It's Star Wars canon. <laughs> So, you just got covered by flimsy. <laughs> Wait, do they even have scissors in Star Wars? If there's no paper, why do they need scissors? Vibro cutters. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Katie, would you like to would you like to start us off again this evening? I do. Oh, except I thought it was something. Even, hang on, hang on. Okay. I picked rock, and you were lifting rocks. That's it. Wasn't yes. paper. You were lifting. I lifted rock. your rock. You go. like threw it at me, and I was like, I'm gonna lift this. 
<laughs> all right. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll start us off with my number five. I'm very, very excited to talk about Emphis theme, though I guess it's uh, the Cloud Riders theme, which is it? I'm unclear. I believe I, it's Emphis's theme. Yeah. That's what I call it. But it's been called both. Oh my gosh. Look at me. Look at this. I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> why why is Enfys Nest theme your number five, Katie? Oh my gosh, have we ever heard anything like this? Ever? I don't even mean just in Star Wars. I mean in my entire life of listening to music. I've never heard anything quite like this. And it just it, it's definitely a theme where you sit up and pay attention. When Emphis and the Cloud Riders show up, you you notice. I mean, obviously Beckett and Val have been, you know, kind of building up Emphis a little bit before we ever see the Cloud Riders. But um, you know, if if they had come up over that ridge and just any old song had been playing, I don't think we quite would have taken notice of them in the same way as we do with this theme. Like, wow. I mean, Jason, talk about a punch in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Music just punching you right in the face. Oh, my gosh. About as hard as her staff punches Beckett in the chest. Yeah, there we go. About as hard as she hits the ground with it, knocks everybody away. Oh, my gosh. Queen. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a great new piece. I mean, it, it, the only thing that could have been maybe as fun with them like coming up around the turn, you know. Huh? <laughs> 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 okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm never gonna hear the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm not allowed to play it all the way through. I've been, I've been no. banned. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what would have happened. Like, you know, Envis comes over the ridge and Nickelback starts playing and, and both and both Val and Beckett are like, wait, that's Envis. <laughs> she never goes anywhere without her Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> My mother did the same when she wore the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, almost had a spit take. Ah. I saw that. I saw that. It was Thanks, so close. Katie. Getting him to spit out his water. Oh my gosh. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Do you have a but, favorite um, uh, a favorite use of the theme or a favorite place where it's used? Or I, I think it is. It's that first time we ever hear it. It that wow. It's just gosh powerful. That's yeah. the only word I can think to describe it is that it is powerful. And isn't it like I, I'm not sure which tradition it, it draws on. Do you guys happen to remember the the origins of of you know the vocalists behind this this music? I yeah. oh you do, Carl? No, I well I think it's I'm almost positive. I meant to go back and double check because John Powell talks about it in that interview mm-hmm. with Star Wars.com. I think it's Romanian. I yeah. think it's like a Romanian women's choir. 
Um, yeah. Because again, somebody said to him like, "Oh, a lot of folks were thinking it was children." And they, apparently, like he kind of chuckles. He says, "Oh man, I'd be terrified if children could sing like that." Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, so it's a scared. particular kind of singing. Um, I, if it's not Romanian, it's something that's Eastern European. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a particular type of women's choir, and they they train for years at doing this sort of wow. singing because um, it is such a it, it's such a startling. Mm-hmm. sound right like duel of the fates is great too right it, like that's something mm-hmm. that snaps you to attention it grabs mm-hmm. you right away but this is something duel of the fates is it's i mean it's it's very like it's very choir oriented it's it's something mm-hmm. not necessarily unheard of before whereas this is it's something so jarringly different from anything yeah. we've heard before like you said kate not even just in star wars but i think for most of us just in music um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people out there who really know their music and they're like, oh, I've heard stuff like this before. But I think for the vast majority of us, this was mm. very new and startling. Yeah. And I'm oh, pulling up the article on, on Star Wars. Oh, thank you, right Jason. Because, yeah, I meant to do the same thing. I meant to go back and check, like, you know, this is excellent podcasting <laughs> where I'm like, I didn't. I was going to. Uh, I didn't. Bul- it's a Bulgarian women's choir. So oh, close. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Well, I remember they were saying that, yeah, they have to train for years, you know, drawing on this tradition, you know, uh, passed down through their heritage to, to sing like this. And if you don't learn it, then there are actual like muscles in your throat, cords in your throat that don't develop unless you're trained to do this. And I think that is utterly fascinating. Yeah. And I too would be terrified to meet the children who could make this sound. <laughs> I, no, just be running the other way. <laughs> Other way, I mean, otherwise, you know, if, if I see Enfys coming up over over a hill and I hear this theme, of course I'm going to run towards her. But if it was a small <laughs> child, no, I, 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 I run the other way. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I that's my it. number five, gentlemen. I'm so, that's yeah, it, it's such a great theme. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's like something I, I, I mentioned this on, on one of the Patreon episodes I did, but the thing I really like about the Enfys theme as well is there's something deep down in it that just really reminds me of like a tribal sound. Um, and again, like the train high scene, scene is it's kind of straight out of a Western, right? It's cowboys versus Indians, um, native Americans oh, yeah. to not be like yeah. so racist, but you know, and like the Enfys and the Enfys characters, right? That the cloud riders all wear specifically Enfys. Like she's got like a, like a, like a tooth necklace. Like there's something very native American about their look. So I just mm-hmm. think like, it's really cool that that's their theme too. Cause it just like harkens back to like an old Western type of like native American theme or something is what I there think. Is, yeah. There is a very like old West vibe, especially to the Han Solo story. And especially when we get, you know, to, uh, to the end of the movie where, uh, where we see like, you know, there's that close up shot of Han, like going for his holster, mm-hmm. you know, in the standoff, you know, you mm. just think about those old Westerns with the standoffs and, you know, the quickest gun in the West, the fastest draw. <laughs> I got the fastest draw in all Sabarine. Ooh, I'm Han. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. <laughs> Wait, is Alden here? I thought I heard Alden. Was that Alden? I was wish. That- <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Great so, yeah, who's, who was next? It was Jason, right? It was Jason. me. It's, yeah, Sir, it's Sir Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> all right well my number five uh we're gonna go back to the original trilogy and we are gonna hit up luke's theme which Ooh. uh technically is the main theme but it's also used in the films as well um and my favorite use of the theme thank you that'll is be the sarlacc pit oh um, so about a minute 20 in the sarlacc on the uh, pit of carcoon sail barge salt um, oops carl you like too far <laughs> Here we go. There we go. 
No, I I really like Luke's theme. It's not something that you you think of normally, and it's not something that I was consciously thinking of when I set out to make the list. But as I was cataloging all the lists in my head, um, I was like, oh yeah, Luke's theme. Because mm. um, obviously, you know, it, it, it's it's the basis of the main title. Um, but he has his heroic moments and a lot of different, you know. It's used a lot of different times, especially throughout the original trilogy. This particular moment, however, is when we really get to see how far Luke has come in his Jedi training mm. from Empire Strikes Back. You know, th- this is essentially where we really get to have a glimpse of the return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, because he does what a Jedi does, you know, when forced into combat. You know, he, he takes control. Takes this down gangsters. <laughs> yeah. This is impossible. <laughs> Where are those Troy I mean, <laughs> um, Jabba didn't have any. Um, <laughs> maybe he should have. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this is where we really get to see him. You know, kick butt, take names, save his friends. Um, where and, are those droid cars? <laughs> where are those droid cars? They've got out the ventilation shaft. <laughs> <laughs> They're no oh match God. for droid cars. <laughs> no match for droid cars. They've gone up the ventilation shaft. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait to do Your a Phantom Menace special. themed episode with you, Katie. Oh god! Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that that was like my brain unable to process so much awesome in such a short amount of time. That was <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Jason. We totally sidelined you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like Luke's theme. Um, I think it, you know, it's when it's used in the films itself, it's used well, and this is. Uh, this is just one of my favorite sequences in Return of the Jedi, anyways. Um, so yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to say about this one other than I just love it. So yeah. particu- love- particularly this moment. Yeah, exactly. I love the moment you pick, especially because um, you know, in, in context, everything has been looking so down for our heroes, and we're thinking, oh, how are they gonna get out of this one? And when this, when that musical cue hits, when this theme hits, that's when oh, things are looking up. Our our boys and our gals are back on top. Oh, <laughs> our yeah. heroes, our heroes, on back on top, and it's so it's so triumphant. And, and yes, it's good. It gives you those good feelings. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I like how you pointed out that it is kind of the Return of the Jedi moment. Because mm. um, it is, you know, I mean, the the fact that he's taken on the whole Jabba's, like, gang, like, that that's mm. gonna need, you're going to need a Jedi to do that. Right, um, exactly. And the music itself, like, the, that piece of music is just so, in a similar way to, like, the solo theme. It's just very old serial-like heroism. You know, if exactly, her- yeah, if kind yeah. of like an old serial hero hero had a theme, like this is it. It's it's just it's it's brassy, it's it's loud, it's triumphant, um, and it's just good, right? It, it just it just connotates a feeling of like this is the good guy. Um, yeah. Here comes our knight in shining armor, or in this case, a black cloak and a green saber. Zoom, 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 zoom. Ooh, it's <laughs> <laughs> that green saber. Oh, I love the green sabers. <laughs> Everybody knows green sabers are the best when it comes to Jason. Um, <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. I love Anywho. it. Anywho. 
Uh, what about you, Carl? Oh, well, What's my, your number five? So, shockingly, I'm going to start us with another romantic theme. Oh, <gasps> And i got to go with Luke and Leia from Return of the Jedi. Um, I'll get to my favorite statement of it, though, in a moment. I yeah. just, I love this piece of music. It's so beautiful. Again, that, you know, John Williams does such a great job of just capturing, like, that, that old classical romantic feel. But he does mm-hmm. it in a very different way. Like, this is not Han and the Princess. This is Luke and Leia. And... One of my the main things I love about the theme is that it's a theme for filia love, right? For the mm. love of like friends or the f- love of siblings or a family, right? Whenever we think of, of of love or you know or even romanticism, we immediately go to like you know relationship love, like significant mm. other love, like that kind of more eros love to use the Greek term. So I love that John Williams has created a filia love, like this love of friendship, this love of family. Um, and um, I remember when I got to see him conduct the Boston Pops two years ago, and it was an all-Star Wars concert, which was amazing. Um, when yes. he was talking before they played Leia's theme, Katie, you would have died. Um, oh, I bet. Oh, I my know. gosh. Yeah. Like, you would have just yeah. been dead. So <laughs> yes. that or you would have destroyed the Opera House. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I have to, like, go to a concert like that with, like, a life vest so that I can. <laughs> so I, like, put you in a straight jacket. Yes, <laughs> but um, John Williams but was it has talking to be very about tastefully decorated. Right, it'll be bizarre. It'll be totally blinged out, Katie. Oh, I love it! I love it! Yeah, it's for it's for your protection, not mine. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. <Exactly. laughs> um, But the thing the thing he he was talking about before they they went into the Leia theme was how when you know a new hope came out, he was under the impression that Luke and Leia were going to end up together. Um, so when he brought. There's a vibe. There's, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when he made this theme for them in Return of the Jedi, he kind of, you know, he harnessed that romantic feeling that he initially had, but just gave it like a more mature sound. Um, and I don't know, there's, there's something um, like it, it just, the song really builds and it gets very loud and it kind of soars. And, and actually, let me, I'm going to play that part of the song because it, it's a little bit into it. Let me find it. Oops. I went past it. Hold on. Here it is, yeah. Right, it's really big and loud. And the thing I like about that, the fact that they that he does that there, and obviously this is a concert suite, it never really does that in the actual movies. Um, but the fact that it's such a mature romantic theme to me, indicates that both Luke and Leia at this part of the story are whole. They are full characters. Like, Leia knows exactly who she is. She's a whole person. Luke knows exactly who he is at this point. He's a whole person. So there's, like, a wholeness feeling to this song that I really appreciate. Um, And actually, my favorite statement of it comes in Last Jedi. Um, Oh. And the reason for that, I think, and yeah, the the track is the spark, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's in the track, the spark. Um, Let me just grab that right quick. Um, And oops, got to turn this up. So Luke shows up, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's a little bit further ahead, Carl. Yeah. And kind of in a similar way to how I like the Han Leia theme, Most in Force Awakens. Again, there's just such a... Oh, it's just so beautiful and, and perfect in this moment as the two of them, you know, come together after years of separation. Um, 
yeah, I just every time I hear the song, and th- and this is the crazy thing, like there's so many tracks from Solo that I'm more excited <laughs> about right now. But the Luke and Leia theme, I have loved this since I was a young Star Wars fan, <laughs> and Aww. I've always liked the romantic themes; they're just really beautiful to me. And I can just remember so many times, like listening to this song on repeat, laying in the hammock in the front yard of my house, like with my Walkman, like <laughs> at like 12 years old, 11 years old. Like I loved this piece <laughs> of music and it still is the same. Anytime it comes on, it just kind of captures my soul and puts like this wholeness in me. And I'm like, yeah, oh. this is great. So oh. that's my number five. Oh, girl, it's so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm really glad you picked this theme. It's not on my list at all. Um, but as you've probably discovered, my list, bombastic, exciting, action-y, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> um, but I am also very well familiar with Carl's proclivities, and so I knew <laughs> this would probably be on his list. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I I do like this theme, and, it, and I'm... I don't want to say it's not used enough, because there's not necessarily a lot of moments where it could be used effectively. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes I just wish there were more places where it could have been used um, because it is such a beautiful theme and it, it's, it's mature. You're right. It has kind of that whole sound to it, that wholeness sound to it. Um, and while it's definitely, you know, giving the, the sense of love, it's, it, it's not done in that romantic kind of way um, that, you know, Han and Leia's theme does, or Han and Kira, or Cross the Stars does. It, it's, it's almost like you know they're walking shoulder to shoulder. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. just you know down down the path together. You know, not necessarily even talking, just ex- you know enjoying each other's company because mm-hmm. they know each other so well that they don't need to say anything mm-hmm. because they are. That close as siblings, mm-hmm. so it almost has that that feeling to it, in my uh, estimation. And 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 the moment you picked, uh, I'm not surprised um, you picked it because it is used expertly in the Last Jedi. Um, the, John Williams outdid himself with with the way he he used Luke and Leia's theme in the Last Jedi. So good pick. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I like how you talk about there's there's a wholeness to the two of them being together because of course me being me when I hear you say that I think about Padme mm. and how this is this is the sound of of their mother living through them and making them whole and complete people when they're together. You know, because yeah. of course, when I hear Han and the princess, that theme, I think about their son. <laughs> you know, this is this is the sound they make together. You know, these two people. This is this is the sound, the character that they make together. And then I think about, you know, Luke and Leia's mother when the siblings are together, the twins. Obviously, <laughs> me being me, of course, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what's your number four? My number four, yes, okay, of course, speaking of Han and Liz, child, I'm going to go with Kylo's theme, but specifically Kylo's conflict theme. So I'm not talking Mm. about his big, angry, you know, um, bum, 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 bum. That's his villain theme. Mm. But Kylo specifically has a conflict theme that he goes out on in Return of the Jedi. And Carl, I'll give you a timestamp. Oh, wait, you don't have, uh, not Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi. I have The Last Jedi. Oh, you do have the last. Oh, 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 the movie you mean? 
Yeah, the movie. Oh, that'd the, take a while oh. to stream up. Yeah. Right, right. Do you know oh, if it's on, but, is it on the soundtrack? Um, I don't know where it is on the soundtrack, but it's okay. specifically like, you know, so Kylo is looking at Ray and she shuts the door mm. and then Kylo looks, he's looking at her and he looks down at the dice and we hear um, this like final statement of his conflict thing. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. That is in Force Awakens too. Yeah, we uh, hear it there too. But my favorite statement is is when he goes out on the in the Last Jedi. Let me see if I can find it. Sure. Yeah. I I'm so glad you're bringing up Kylo because um, he does have kind of like uh, two or three motifs. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. All right. Here we go. Here it is. It's in peace and purpose. Yes, that's it. Yeah, okay. not so much in the Last Jedi. We don't get that big. Um, you heard in that one how it kind of built, got really big at the end. Yeah. In the Last Jedi, it goes very soft. Um, you know, bum 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 bum. It just goes out, and I feel like you know a lot of people are like, Kylo's had his chance. He's had two chances. Han tried to bring him back. Ray tried to bring him back. He's out of chances. In nine, he's just going to be evil. And I'm like, well, if he was just meant to be a villain, and he was cool and confident being a villain, he would have gone out on his villain theme. He would have been like, this is where I am. This is who I am now. I'm supreme leader, and that's it. I don't think he would have gone out on his conflict theme, and he's just so torn and so stuck where he is, and he just can't see the way out of it. I, uh, I, I really feel. I, I keep saying it. <laughs> he's gonna come back in nine. He's gonna be Ben Solo again, and I think this, this like little this musical theme telling us that he's still conflicted. He's not who he's supposed to be <coughs> as the supreme leader. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's not supposed to be the villain. He's supposed to. I think he's supposed to come back. I hope so. I, mm-hmm. I, I. The more I think about it, mm-hmm. I think there's a pretty. There's still a, an open door for him to come back. And the question is, will he take that open door? Will he, mm. he come in and and choose to to come back mm-hmm. uh, to the good side? Because. Mm-hmm. Because that's been his thing. You know, he's had these opportunities. He is very easily could have come back to the light. Mm-hmm. But he's chosen to stay in the dark. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is he done trying to fight the pull of the light on him? Because well, he talks think- about that, mm-hmm. you know, in a new in, in uh, Force Awakens, how mm. how it it's still trying to seduce him. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like the question for me is like, but... If he's supposed to fall deeper into the dark, where does he go from here? He he's supreme leader. He has killed all of his father figures. You know, where where you know, where does the dark side go from here? How can he what's the next level to that? I, I don't Palpatine. feel like Palpatine, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean he's I mean, you know, he's supreme leader and if and if this is where he's supposed to be, if he's truly embraced, you know, his his villainous persona, that's who he's supposed to be. You know, what what's what's the next step? There is no next step for me. I think the the only place left for him to go is back to the light. If that makes sense, I don't know. Well, he's going to find it's very lonely at the top. Yeah, uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And especially in on the dark side. Uh-huh. Um 
Yeah. But you know, the I, like I said, it's it, it's going to come down to his stubbornness and and mm-hmm. whether or not he's willing to make the choice. I think mm-hmm. to to come back to the light because he's still he's still conflicted. He still mm-hmm. has all the opportunities that he's had, mm-hmm. but he has he's just not chosen to take those opportunities yet. Now, yeah. back to the music. Yeah, <laughs> I love the Kylo motifs we get. We you know the big bombastic villain music. I like the conflict music. Um, and I have been clamoring since The Force Awakens for a concert suite, for a full Ooh. theme for Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. I think if we're going to get a full theme for Kylo Ren, it's going to come in Episode Nine because he'll finally figure out who he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I, I love the fact that you that you picked uh, a Kylo uh, moment here yeah. because. Because for me, I don't I don't see a complete theme yet. I see mm. thematic elements. I see uh, motifs, but those can be you know themes because we have the Rebel fanfare, um, and that, that's just sort of a, a big fanfare. Um, and I almost put that on my list, but um, but there's not there's not something complete for Ooh. him yet. So. Yeah. Oh, I like how you say that. How it, it feels incomplete to you. What would be super cool? Of course, what like my inner Kylo Stan would want, you know, so the Kylo theme would start, you know, the big bad villain, you know, bum, bum, bum. Wait, how's it go? Bum, 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 And then it goes into the conflict theme and comes back out as a hero theme, you know, starts villainous. He's conflicted. He's tormented. Comes out the other side a hero. That oh, that would be choice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wants dreams. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Make it happen, JJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right about like he's got nowhere mm-hmm. where to. He's nowhere else to go with his villainous arc. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. achieved everything he wanted. Yeah. Um, He's going to find it doesn't fulfill him. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, I think if it did fulfill him, even in the moment, it again, it would be that villain theme. That's what we would hear that, you know, it'd be like, well, Snoke is dead. Villain theme. Kylo triumphs. Kylo's happy. No, it's it's not about that. I don't think it ever really was. You know, I, I don't think being supreme leader was what he ever wanted. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, even John Williams said that, like, when he wrote that theme for Force Awakens, it was meant mm. to be incomplete. It's a mm-hmm. motif more than a theme. Yeah. Um, so, because he, like the character, it's not, he's not a complete character yet. So, yeah. Who was it that said that Kylo doesn't really have a theme? He just has three chords held together with rage. Who was it? Was that oh, David know. W. Collins? That been. might have been. I'm not sure. It sounded like really something liked. he would say. Yeah. yeah um, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's, <laughs> that's right on the money. <laughs> All right. Should I go into my number four? Yeah, number four for Jason. What you got? All right. Well, this one should come as no surprise as being in my top ten. I'm just got three little words. It's the resistance. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Yes, folks, we got March of the Resistance here, (sighs) and yes, it's the resistance is my favorite. Oh, thing.
It's so good. It's so good. Ah. <laughs> I will fully admit there is no deep reason as to why I like this. I just absolutely love this theme. I love this piece of music. I love the moments it's used. Um, you know, it's the resistance is definitely my favorite because that's when we really we, we see the resistance for the first time. We get Poe and the other pilots zooming in over the lake in one of the most unique and amazing shots we have in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, and they just, you know, kick butt and take names. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's glorious. Um, it's a heroic theme. Um, it's fraught with struggle. But it still comes out, you know, fighting for what's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... And of course, it's it's used when the bombers come in in uh, Last Jedi, um, and I will fully admit I pumped my fist in the theater when I first heard it. Um, <laughs> so I I'm not lying. Uh, Joey could could confirm that story. Um, uh, but yes, um, I it is my favorite theme from the sequel trilogy right now. Um, I, so because it just pumps me up. Mm-hmm. It pumps me up. It gets me excited, and and it's one of those things that I just I just every time I hear it, I just go yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. There's no deep mystical. Oh, I love this because it it speaks in such a way like this, and I don't know. It's just amazing, and it's awesome, and it fights for what's right even through struggle. That's it. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to say about it. That's a quick one. How do we say this then? What a great piece. <laughs> it is. It's so amazing. Oh my gosh, that's one hell of a pilot. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure is. Yes. Oh um, my boy, my po. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I mean, we get two two really good statements of it in, in Last Jedi, right? When the the bombers arrive in the opening mm-hmm. battle, and then again as they're flying across the you know uh, this the grounds of crate, we get two really powerful statements. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like they don't touch its first big, you know big hit was as they're yeah. flying across that lake on Takadana. Right. Um, it's just so good. And it's such a great new type of theme for, yes. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really sound anything like, in my opinion, it doesn't sound really anything like, like the rebel Alliance theme from the originals. No. It's, it's something punchier and in some ways more earnest. Like it's, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. more punctuated, like boom, 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 you know, um, yeah. But it does. It gets you out of your seat and ready to rumble. And it's a great track yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Oh, nice. uh, I love it. Love it. Well, I, I love hearing it because I know that Poe Dameron is coming. <laughs> <laughs> back good from the dead. Po. Good old, good old Poe, back from the dead. Um, so, all right. Well, I will share my number four then, if, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Uh, oh, it is not quite as bombastic or exciting, um, but I sure love it. 
It's Across the Stars. <laughs> and like I said, I think my entire top five is like relatively romantic. Um, well, that, but, that gives a, a nice uh, balance to mine. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I have loved Across the Stars since I first heard it in 2002. And um, Duel of the Fates was like my favorite track to, to play Star Wars to until Across the Stars came out. And Aww. I was like, this is just so I like I kid you not. I would duel my in my bedroom with my plastic Qui-Gon lightsaber to this song blasting. Duel of the Fates <laughs> seldom made it on, but this song would be on repeat, which wow. is weird because it's not a fighting song. <laughs> um, but I just like have so many fond memories of it in that regard. The thing I love about the song, again, is, is it's, I don't know, it just it captures so beautifully like this sense of tragic love. I actually was rereading the liner notes in the, the episode two CD the other day. And John Williams talks about, like, you know, this piece that he composed for the, the love theme between Anakin and Padme is meant to capture this feeling of tragic love, of forbidden love, right? Because that's what the whole story is. Katie, you've got mm-hmm. that great teaser poster, right? Um, yeah. A Jedi shall, like, know, what does it say? It's behind you, it right? Says, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it right now. It says, a Jedi shall not know anger, nor hatred, nor love. Boom. And then you oh. And, you know, like, again, I, I got to obviously give props to uh, David W. Collins for helping me, helping me, telling me this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, right, Across the Stars is very much, you know, anchored in this DS Irae sound as well, um, right, which indicates that this is a tragic love story. It's not going to go well. Um, and yet there's still something big and beautiful and sweeping to it. I mean, Jason, you picked the moment. Because you put this on, it was in your list last week. Am I, am yep. I right? Yeah, yeah. You're right. It you, was you, number, I believe, seven. Hold on. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Nope. Eight. Sorry. Number eight. Number eight. <laughs> and but you know, you picked the moment from the wedding scene at the end of the movie, um, yes. which is which is obviously a big and beautiful statement of it. Um, but the thing that I really like uh, about this track too is it like it kind of indicates this beauty of their love that reaches across the stars, but yet it contains all this hints of tragedy that like reminds us that this isn't going to last like this can't happen um so i like it because it's it's beautiful but also haunting in the sense of like there is something so pure and good about their love and yet there's something so tainted within their love because of the fact that it's hidden and forbidden and therefore it is is doomed now my favorite statement of this shockingly isn't in attack of the clones it's in revenge of the sith which, not shockingly, is from the balcony scene. And I, yeah, I was um, like, wait for it, wait, <laughs> balcony. <laughs> so it's, it's, in the, it's in the second track of that album, Anakin's Dream, and it starts at the 25-second mark. So I'm going to pull that up right quick. There we go. How beautiful is that, huh? Oh, oh it's, it's so beautiful. And it's, it, it's of course, like, I love that moment in the film because it's these two young lovers just, li- like, just sharing their dreams out loud. And the way that it's being played there is, it's it's so beautiful, but it's also very mournful. Like, it's, it's like the track itself is mourning the fact that they can't have this. Um, right. And it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of heartbreaking in that regard. Um, but, you know, I don't know, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing this again, but it's yeah. it's also like kind of fairy telly, you know, like it's, tender. Yeah, tender. Thank you. That's tender. A, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I'm assuming that's just a violin, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, that's a violin. Okay. It's definitely a violin. But uh, yeah, I just I love that particular statement of it because it's uh, that's the perfect word, Katie, is that it is tender and. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just and mournful at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So it's like it's a tender moment between these two. And again, the reason I've always liked that scene is because it's the one it's the one scene of peace and rest in the entire movie. Right. The rest of that movie is literally just everything falling apart. Um, right. So it's this this tender moment between these two young lovers and they're dreaming out loud and their theme is plain and it's beautiful. And yet it's mournful. It's mourning the fact that what they really want, the goodness of what they want, they can't have. And it's just so mm. sad to me. So. That's that is my number four. Now, if you'll yeah. excuse me, I got to go uh, put that on very loud and duel in my living room. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Carl. Oh my gosh! I'm if you so... want my if you want my thoughts on this one, go listen to last episode. <laughs> oh, precisely, precisely. Yes. Go but, ahead, uh, oh, I'm just I'm so glad that was your number four because it's my number three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right then. Oh, here I'll I'll cue it back up. Just the regular one. Oh yeah. Can I say one thing before you get into why it's your number three, Katie? Yeah. I still marvel at this track as how in one ear you can listen to it and hear the most beautiful, wonderful, romantic uh, piece of, of music ever. And then you turn around and listen in the other ear and it sounds like it's crying and it's tragic and everything is about ready to fall apart. It has that unique ability to blend the beautiful, the romance, the happiness, and the impending tragedy mm. so beautifully into one. Um, yeah. It's one of John Williams' most genius pieces, I think. But I turn the floor over to you, Katie. Uh, well, I just... Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, this it's such a big piece, and it's almost it's almost too big to unpack <laughs> in just, you know, in just one, <laughs> one podcast. Gosh. Um, I love I love that Carl brought up Anakin's dream because uh, that's that's one that I I just immediately associate with romance because uh, they use it in um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. I talked about that last week and how they use the Emperor's theme to great effect. They also use this uh, Anakin's theme specifically to great effect 
to create these tender moments um, between your character and and other characters if you decide to pursue romantic relationships with them. Of course, because The Old Republic is a role-playing game and you get to make choices, you can uh, choose to pursue romantic relationships with other characters and they, they to, to great, amazing effect, create these really tender, intimate moments it, by using Anakin's dream as a theme. It's, it's wonderfully done and that's something I love a lot about The Old Republic as a game is that it doesn't shy away from the prequel love no 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 (laughs) (laughs) not at all but uh but yeah i think my favorite use of the theme is the same as jason's it's at the end of attack of the clones specifically because um i mean you guys talk about the tragedy of it but for me the way i read it specifically in the context of attack of the clones at the end there is that um this it's played fresh off the imperial march you know, the, the Republic is being transformed into an empire and, and everybody is glad to see it happen. It, it's necessary even to, to have these clones come in and, and you know, say, start a war. Goodness gracious. And it's all going to come to ruin. But what will save us in the end? But love. Mm. Love will save us. That's how I read it. Oh, yeah. Katie. I think that explosive note was when Hayden <laughs> locks his lips on honor. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Pronouncing man and wife! <laughs> yes! Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Because, but, but yeah. Katie, uh-huh. but Katie, my love can't save you. Only my new powers can. No! <laughs> <laughs> That's not that's not it. Love love will save us. Love can save us. It was Anakin's fear that doomed them because that's what's happening to the galaxy in this moment. It's what's happening to our republic is everybody is letting their fears control them. They're so afraid of what the separatists might do that they you know that they they're willing to walk into war. They're glad to walk into war even. And but what will save us, of course, is is Anakin and Padme's love. I don't think it's their love that dooms them. It's not their love that that you know brings everything down around their ears. It's their fear of being discovered. It's their fear of of losing everything. It, their love, their children, is what saves us in the end. You know, Luke. Mm. <laughs> and Leia, all all of that people loving each other, having compassion. You know, we. <laughs> Compassion is essential to a Jedi's life. So you would say we're encouraged to love. That's what will save us. So when I hear that track, I don't hear the tragedy of it. I hear the triumph of their love. I love it. Thanks. Let's just wrap up this episode because that's perfect. Uh. (laughs) Um, No, that's so true, though, Katie. You know, I mean, it is. That's such a great way of just juxtaposing it right right before this is we've got the troops marching off to war war is about to engulf the galaxy the the shroud of the dark side has fallen (laughs) um you know so you've got this horrible thing going on but beneath that you know what's hidden away though is there is this love that's growing between these two characters and um even though like maybe yes their relationship in some way might be doomed but their love will live beyond just them and that's quite Mm -hmm. literal in the sense of luke and leia 
Mm-hmm. So oh, great stuff, Katie. I oh, love thanks. it. I love it. Jason, what's yeah. your number three? My number three. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go classic here. Uh, it's the Force theme. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I I love the Force theme. However, don't play Binary Sunset. <coughs> oh no! All right. That's not that's not my favorite use of the Force theme. My okay. favorite use of the Force theme. Little track uh, called the Throne Room. Oh, the end of a new hope. I believe that's at the end of a new hope. Yes. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, first of all, Force theme is kind of the theme of Star Wars in a sense because it's everywhere. Mm. It's everywhere and it's used in brilliant and amazing ways in every single film. Um, however, this is probably the only time the Force theme is used, you know, in this kind of a heroic fashion because this is like, this is almost like beyond heroic. This is like, this is a celebration of heroes. This is this is a declaration of goodness and heroism. But it's the force theme. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's funny how how they he uses the force theme, uh, which was originally called Obi Wan's theme, um, which is not Obi Wan's theme anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, how he uses that to go out on in, in a very bombastic march, in a very declarative statement to say, these are the good guys. They won today. Let's celebrate this. Um, it's almost like using the force theme in this way says, see a new hope. This is the turning point. Mm-hmm. This is the turning point where everything starts this is a turning point that begins to set things right. Oh, there to, you go. To uh, quote, oh gosh, um, Lor Santeca. Lor Santeca. Yeah, Ooh, my I boy. Like, <laughs> yes, to quote Lor Santeca. Um, but yeah, no, I the, I love the Force theme in general because it is amazing. It's beautiful and it's used masterfully throughout the saga. But this is this is my favorite and. Because I just love it. I mean, you know, one number one, I love the the theme, the the music for this scene, anyways. Yeah. Um, but when you figure out it's the force theme, and then the way I think it it sort of puts a, a spin on the proceedings, mm-hmm. I I just think it's amazing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm reserving comment. So oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Um. But yeah, I don't have much more to say. Uh, the Force theme is almost so ubiquitous around the Star Wars soundtrack that there's not really enough, you know, any words to 
kind of describe it all because it's everywhere. So it, it, <laughs> it literally wraps itself in the fabric of Star Wars. Um, and, oh gosh, I'm sure David W. Collins could tell you how many times it's used, how many hundreds of times it's used at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I love this theme. I love this moment uh, musically because it's amazing. So that's yeah. all I got. Well, I'm going to reserve comment. Same. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my number three. Yeah. All right. It's Ray's theme. Oh, there it is. I love Ray's theme. It's definitely my favorite piece of music John Williams has done since, well, since the other two I'm going to mention. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I love this beginning of the track. Like, I love these chimes and bells and, you know, to kind of indicate this lonely life she's been living, you know. In Force Awakens, you know, she lives in the, the belly of giants and these these decrepit old monsters, and it's a life of pure loneliness. But then it right picks up into this, what I would essentially call a searching theme. Very similar to Solo, right? Like the part B of Solo's theme. It's this idea of searching. She's looking for something more. And it builds. Well, not quite there yet. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing I just and again, like going back to that, that concert I went to that John Williams conducted, he could not stop talking about Daisy Ridley. And I was just going to be like, dude, listen, you're too old for her. I want her. Um, <laughs> she's too good for me, but it doesn't mean I can't still dream. Um, but uh, no, he just he absolutely adores Daisy Ridley. And in a way, like it comes out like I feel like. I really do believe that for John Williams, like he has always loved writing Star Wars music. Like he loves that galaxy far, far away. He loves this story. He loves composing this music. But I think he really like he fell in love with Daisy Ridley, not in like a weird, creepy, romantic way. But there was something about her as a person. And you could tell the way he talks about her, um, you know, and he, that that night at the concert, he indicated that he was going to be coming back to score eight. Cause, and he said one of the main reasons is he didn't want anybody else scoring music for Daisy. Um, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I really think that that comes out in this piece because it's just so beautiful. And there's something very epic about it. Um, but I like that there is kind of this like searching element to it, which, again, kind of connects it to that solo theme he gave us. Um, and so much in solo reminds me of Ray. Like, you know, he says to Rio, like, I've been away too long. You know, I've got a reason to go back. Right. Like. Han and Rey are very similar characters in Force Awakens and Solo, and I really like that. Um, but there's something incredibly emotional to this piece for Rey's theme that I that I adore, and I think it points to the fact, right, that the fact that it is this searching theme though that reaches these heights, um, and it just it's this reminder that she is meant for so much more than this lonely upbringing she's had. Um, and my favorite statement of Ray's theme, and I know I've shared this before, but it comes in the track, The Abduction off The Force Awakens. It starts about the 1 minute 39 second mark. So let me grab that for us. And and it's, of course, obviously, she's being abducted. Shocking. <laughs>
it's crying out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what makes that scene is John Boyega and the way he. <laughs> and I mean that, like, the way he yells Ray um, yeah. is just so right. damn good. Um, and yeah, just the emotion in that particular moment of it. Now, I did have, like, an honorable mention. I'm not going to play it, but, like, I also love when we hear Ray's theme when she shows up in the Falcon at the Battle of Crate. Um, and again, it, it, it shows kind of the, the musical prowess of John Williams that it's the same piece of music, but here it's played in this kind of like mournful desperation mm. mode. Like, you know, like mm. she's being taken away from us and that's tragic. Like we need her. Um, she's the key to all this right now. And then when mm. she shows up in crate, you know, it's kind of big and triumphant. Like, yes, thank, <laughs> thank God. Like the, 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 the new chosen one is here. Um, you know, so it's just interesting that those same, those same notes can just be played in a different manner to mean different things. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I love Ray's theme. So it's my number three. I, I had my thoughts on Ray's theme last episode. It's a beautiful theme. It's amazing. Um, and I'm not surprised it's this high on your list, Carl. Yeah. I like it. I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd be (laughs) Oh, no, I don't mean to make you feel bad. (laughs) No, no. Oh, I thought you were like, no, I didn't make it number one. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) A shame. (laughs) No, I'm not ashamed that it's not number one. Oh, okay. So... Um, I'm gonna tell Daisy. I'm gonna tell Daisy. Like, well, he only ranked your theme number three. I should be like, oh well, I'll move on then. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh I man, not think about that when he was making his list. Well, <laughs> that's all right. I don't want our relationship to start with lies. So if she can't handle that truth, like, I guess we just start. You know? Yep. I don't want to lie to her. <laughs> Yeah, no, so, that's fair. That's honorable, Carl. I like thank that. You. Thank it's you. Very honorable. It's honorable to be lonely. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, Katie, what is your number two? Oh uh, well, we're gonna go right back to the force theme. Oh, right. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Good to see you here. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, my favorite use of the force theme is um, also in the Force Awakens. Oh. It's Right oh. when Ray takes up the Skywalker saber, because of course sure. it is, of course yeah. it is. Oh, Carl, do, there yeah. it is. Here we go. Nope, nope. I went too far. Almost. oh Oh my gosh i can't i've told this story a lot especially on twitter because i'm always just pouring out my feels on twitter (laughs) but um but as uh as you guys know i i stayed away from star wars for a year leading up to the force awakens because i wanted to go in knowing nothing like absolutely nothing i i've never like i did when i was a kid you know i was like this is probably my last chance to do that with a star wars movie ever to not know anything at all. Right. And I, I just, I didn't want to waste that chance. So it, it was tough, but I did it. And so going into this movie, I really thought that uh, Finn was going to be our main character because he's the main guy on the poster holding the lightsaber. But as I discovered this movie, as it unfolded before me, it became more and more clear that no, Ray is our main character just because of how everything seems to center around her. And I just, I couldn't, believe that 
that she was our main character that that Star Wars was going to center around around a female character that it's it's one thing to be Leia and to be strong and supportive and you know and obviously a very very critical character and it's another thing entirely to be the character that everything centers around and that's not a, not often a a role that women find themselves in 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 big budget movies like this and for it to to finally happen for her to take up that saber i want to tell you how it felt in that theater when everyone in that theater went nuts just went opening night Mm. of this movie when the saber flies to Ray and the force theme starts playing, everyone around me in that theater was just going wild, screaming, cheering. And I yes. wanted to be cheering with them. In my heart, I was, but I couldn't make a sound because my throat was closed off. I was crying so hard, just weeping for her because I loved her and I loved that this was her story. And just the fact that everyone was cheering for her this is her moment and all this love around me for her. I just, I was in my body, but also like watching myself watch the movie. I was, it was the closest I've come to like an out of body experience. And just, I was so keenly aware of everyone around me. And yet in the, I was on screen at the same time. Like my focus was locked on, Ray. It was, it was an intense moment. And so it, it absolutely has to be on this list. Just, Wow. Wow. The force theme, so powerful in and of itself, but then applied to Ray. Goodness. Good good night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And well, I mean, and the fact that the the title of that track is the ways of the force, Mm -hmm. which I think is so perfect because, um, the force is mysterious. It moves in mysterious Mm -hmm. ways. It Mm -hmm. flies past the Skywalker lineage to be claimed by someone new. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yes, JJ could undo you know what was developed in, in Last Jedi and somehow circumnavigate that Ray's in fact a Skywalker. But I think at this point that would damage her character. Mm-hmm. It, it, to be yeah. completely honest, like not like yeah. I would hate it um, or anything like that, but I, I think it would do damage with what they've now developed. And I think what they've now developed is good. Um, and it is. I'm with you, Katie. I remember actually. The, my favorite person to, that I watched that scene with, surprisingly, was my mom. Um, I, don't, oh. I don't really go to the movies with my mom, but I remember <laughs> we went on Christmas Day that year, and um, we went over to the theater early. We were like one of the we were some of the only people in there. And my mom, I haven't seen a Star Wars movie in the theaters with my mom since Attack of the Clones, so it'd, it'd been a time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she was all excited <laughs> to go, and when Ray catches that saber, my mom just grabbed my arm. She goes, this is amazing. And I just like never seen my mom react like that to a, to a movie. Um, and it just, and, and you know, Katie, like I really think that there's even, there's probably even a part of her that like Mm -hmm. said to the young girl that probably still exists in her too, of like, like you can be a hero too. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think Star Wars has ever gone out of its way to say women can't be heroes. I'm not saying no, that. It's, but it's just, just never gone out of its way to show that they can. Right. Yeah. And I think like that was just such a huge statement. And, and, it, and, and in some ways, like it's not even about that. Like they weren't trying to be PC. I don't like that when mm-hmm. people are like, oh, they're just Disney's playing political. No, they're just they're just like expanding the story to include everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, it, and, she is the central character here. Yeah. And so she yeah. has to have this moment. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I, I, and I'm going to be right there with you. It, 
in the theater watching this opening night. Mm-hmm. This was the big explosion moment with yeah. the audience. Yeah. Everyone, like, no, I, everyone was excited. I was, you know, punching and kicking and, you know, <laughs> fist pumping in, in, in my seat going, yes! You yeah. know? Um, it, it was great. It was amazing. And then the, the way the force theme is used there is just so perfect. Yeah. Uh, because it puts the the gravity and the heroism of this of this moment on full display, and it still is one of my favorite moments in in the film. So, uh, if yeah. we're talking just like you know pure like moments in the, this film, it, it's it's one of my favorites still. Oh yeah. So. Well, you remember like seeing it opening night. Every joke is hilarious, right? Like right. every and yes. everybody around you, you know, laughs at every every joke is hilarious. And then like you know, we see the Falcon for the first time. Everybody goes nuts. We see Han Solo, Chewie, mm. we're home. Everybody goes nuts. But for some reason, that opening night, Leia appeared, and I cheered, and maybe like two other people cheered. Mm. And I think I think maybe it's not. I don't think people hate Leia or anything. Right. Like far from it. I just think it, it was that problem that people had where they were saying she doesn't look like Leia anymore. So I think mm. maybe when she appeared, you know, not not a lot of people knew to cheer, and she didn't like have like a big reveal moment, kind right. of the way Han and Chewie did. Yeah, right. So I I was like immediately gripped by this like fear, where I'm like, if these people, these Star Wars fans surrounding me, won't cheer for Leia. How are they going to support Rey? How are they going to love her and embrace her the way they do the Luke Skywalkers of the world? And for them to just open their hearts to Rey at the end and and be cheering for a female hero and just going absolutely nuts. It yeah. that was that was special. It was truly special. And even and, and to go back to yeah. that music moment you actually picked. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right, like John Williams purpose it's the same. And apparently in the movie, it's the same supposed recording as what was used at the moisture farm, right? When Luke yeah, right. sees his yeah. dead aunt and uncle, and mm-hmm. you get that swell of the force theme, right? As he accepts yeah. where his path needs to go. I mean, this is mm-hmm. that moment for Ray now. Um, this is the moment where she accepts what is being really what she's really being called to do and to be. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's this big and, and and beautiful statement of the force theme, and in some yeah. ways. You know, the force has already claimed her. The force has already chosen her, but she's yeah. fin- like she has to be standing there literally with her hand open. She's finally now open to receive what that means. And yeah, yeah. damn, is it a good thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm still going to reserve comment on the force theme. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Go for it, Jason. I am so curious what your number two is. Oh well, my number two is one of the newest themes we have in the Star Wars lexicon. Oh. That's going to be the Han Solo theme. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I cannot get enough of this theme. Uh, can everybody, any of us? <laughs> everybody knows Han's never been my number one guy. Oops, sorry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I I love this theme so much. Everyone knows Han's not been always has never really been my number one guy. 
Solo came ar- around and changed, fundamentally transformed the way I, I view Han Solo. Um, Han is a fantastic character. I love him. I've always enjoyed him. I've never disliked Han. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. he's never been my favorite. Alden is my Han Solo. Alden Ehrenreich is my Han Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story. This is the Han that, that I fell in love with. Everyone else mm. fell in love with him as, as that smuggler on Tatooine when he shot poor Greedo. Um, hey, he wasn't but, poor. He was a bounty hunter. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> poor Greedo. Well, that's what they're the murder calls him. When you shot poor Greedo. You know, <laughs> you know, that's what Jabba called him. Yeah, um, the gangster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So everyone fell in love with him when he did that and, you know, tossed were some coins and said, sorry about the mess. Um, that's when everyone else fall, fell in love with him. I fell in love with him in Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, the theme is just brilliant. John Williams knocks it out of the park as far as, as, as a theme that helps give Han a musical identity of his own. Um, and then John Powell just takes it to the next level with his uh, orchestrations of it. Um, it. It is a heroic theme, uh, but it's not like the cleanest of the hero themes. You know, there, there's he. It goes up and down. It wanders around. It searches around. It's still good, but it's not as pure as like a Luke Skywalker theme. Or, I feel that. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, see, there, there's there's a little bit of darkness. Not darkness, but grunginess to it. Yeah. Dirtiness. It's unpolished. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's, that. I it's unpolished. It. it is. Um, and it was very, very difficult for me to pick a favorite moment um, in this. I, I debated... Uh, Carl, I almost picked the your favorite moment, the one during the train chase where he jumps on uh, the ship to save... Rio. Mm-hmm. I almost picked the final statement when Han and Chewie are taken off in the Falcon at the end of the movie. Mm. Um, however, it's very hard for me to get away from the opening. Yeah. Ah, we so get this, good. When we yeah. get the, the solo title. I love the way it's it's performed there, and I love it's it's not necessarily the, the A section, as you put it. It's the B section of it. Yeah, It's just so good, though. Yeah. And it, so it's very difficult for me to get away from this. So I this could change tomorrow, but right now this is my favorite statement of the Han Solo theme. I agree, it's my favorite oh, too. Yeah, right here. Yeah. yeah. Bring in those drums. Apollo, bring me that beat. <laughs> 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 and, and again, there's something about the way it's introduced in the film itself, and the way it sets the tone for who Han is, and the way it sets the tone musically for the rest of the movie. Mm. I love it. I can't get away from that right now. So that, as of right now, that's my favorite statement of the Han Solo theme. I love this soundtrack in general. I still, mm-hmm. I'm going to maintain until, you know, we get the Oscars that this should be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> 
this needs to be an Oscar-winning score, um, or at least nominated, um, because it's just fantastic. Uh, and, and, And a lot of it is due to the theme and the way, you know, and then the theme that John Williams composed and the way it's used so much um all over the place in the film it it is it is as ubiquitous in this movie as the force theme is everywhere else so uh it is it is that common language is that thing that we keep coming back to time after time in this soundtrack and i love it um so yeah then this soundtrack is very high on my list of soundtracks i'm not it might be in my top two uh, Star Wars soundtracks. Um, and a lot of that is due to this theme. So, yeah, that's uh, Han Solo theme, my number two. Great pick. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. embarrassed that it's not higher for me because he's, he's, <laughs> he's my boy. But yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I'm, I was so excited talking about it. And I feel like with time, it will climb, as will Chewie's theme. Um, but, yeah, it's so good. And, and I love that John Williams wrote it, but I love what John Powell did with it. Um, right. Like I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, it's really, it's really great to go from listening track one to track two of that soundtrack, right? We get the big <sighs> concert suite of it that John Williams composed, but then you mm-hmm. go into Powell's use of it. I prefer Powell's use. And I'm not saying that like, it's it, like John Williams didn't do as good a job. John Williams wrote the damn piece. <laughs> you know, it's great. <laughs> and I, um, I go back and forth of those two tracks. I go back and forth as to which one I like better mm. because some, some days I'm feeling the, the, you know, orchestral, you know, concert suite that john williams puts together and other days i'm feeling the drums that john yeah. powell adds to it and everything you know it depends on my mood but i go back and forth as to which one of those two is my favorite yeah um it's good uses of it <laughs> it's just so good it's really uh, so anyway yeah that's my number two and and i i'm sticking by that one for as, a long time as you should <laughs> all right well you ready for mine yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the sound of peace, my friends. Aww. It's Yoda's theme. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, I mean, this, I remember when we were doing like favorite music, I think this was my number one. Um, but there is a theme I obviously like more, which is clear which one that is at this point. But <laughs> if you're paying attention, if you've yeah. been following along, you right. know what Carl's number one is. <laughs> I love Yoda's theme. Like, I, I've always loved Yoda's theme. Um, as someone who is it, like intentionally and intensely spiritual, Yoda has always spoken to me as a character, and I cannot think of a more perfect piece of music than this. Um, it's so, it's so playful in a way too, right? Like it captures that playfulness of Yoda, and it's light, and it it it, it just transcends any sort of struggle that we're experiencing, right? Like think of it this way: like this is the music that accompanies Dagobah, right? Dagobah shouldn't sound like that, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Good point. Dagobah. No, it shouldn't. Dagobah should sound creepy and and, and spooky and dark, and yet it has this slimy, this yeah. disgusting, <laughs> swampy, humid. Humid. Oh, yeah, humid. Slimy. Yeah. Muddled. My home dishes. <laughs> yes. Well, your home is disgusting. It's made out of mud. Sorry, not mm. sorry. No, I'm not sorry, Yoda. <laughs> Um, I'm here for you, Yoda, not your home. Um, (laughs) I'm looking for a Jedi Master, not a mud hut. 
Next time you come to my house, next time you come to, and you wipe your feet on the mat before you come inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. you know, this, I mean, I just, I love this piece of music and, um, you know, in, and, I, and I do love that this is what accompanies the feel of Dagobah because it is a place where even though there's all this turmoil in the galaxy and there is even turmoil within Luke, Yoda mm. is this force of calm, of peace. Right. You know, I think one of Luke's one of Yoda's most important teachings to Luke is, you know, the, that one of discernment of you will know when you are calm, at peace, mm. passive. This music is calm. It's at peace. It's passive. Right. This section, though, very playful. Right. Yeah. Which which I appreciate. Like Yoda's a playful dude when we first meet him. He's having a good Yodling. time. Yodlings! Gather round the Peter. Lost a planet? Master Obi-Wan has. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. How, How embarrassing. Just listen to I'm sure. <laughs> I just, oh, I just love this piece of music because it's, it's, you know, like, when I first started using Star Wars, like, as a form of spiritual practice in my college days, this was always the piece of music that I would use to, like, accompany meditation or reflecting on Star Wars stuff in a, in a deeper way. It was always Yoda's theme because it's the – and I know, like, I really loved what you said last episode, Jason, about the Guardian of the Wills theme. Um, and, and I loved everything you said about it. And I think it is also a great piece of music around something ancient and, and spiritual. But Yoda's, to me, is just perfect. Um, in the sense that it is just Yoda has achieved Yoda's Yoda's the Buddha character of the mm. original trilogy in the sense that mm-hmm. he is the enlightened one. You know, even when Luke runs off in haste and he's not ready to face Vader, he's not ready to fulfill his purpose. Yoda doesn't break down, even though Obi-Wan's like, oh, there goes our last hope. No, there is mm. another like Yoda is just so centered and grounded in the force in a way that really no one else is in all of Star Wars. And, and, and I would say that even about Luke. Like, Luke never quite gets to where Yoda is in Empire. That's my opinion. Um, sure. Maybe he does on the <laughs> other side of Return of the Jedi before Last Jedi. He's certainly not there in Last Jedi. Um, and that's not, a, that's not me taking a swipe at Luke in Last Jedi. It's just he's clearly not. He's very turmoiled. Um, mm-hmm. But Yoda gets to this place of deep contemplation in the Force that brings him this deep sense of peace that I don't think exists in any other character. And I'm, sp- I'm speaking specifically about Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi Yoda. I'm not talking prequel Yoda. I'm talking yeah. that era Yoda. Um, and in some ways, that theme, I mean, it is his theme, so it makes sense that we hear it in the prequels, but it almost doesn't belong to him in the prequels yet. Yeah, and, yeah and, I feel and, that. And, and like, I get why it's there, because that's his theme. Like, of course we're going to get it, but it doesn't belong <laughs> to him quite yet. Because he, he hasn't gotten it's, there. He, it's used very sparingly in the right. prequels yeah. too. Right, mm-hmm. you know it only in the he, in only in the most sensitive moments where yeah. where he actually we actually kind of glimpse the Yoda of the original trilogy. You know, like when he's teaching the younglings, like when he's saying goodbye to uh, the Wookies before he leaves mm. um, yes. Kashyyyk. Right. You know, yeah. Um, Good point, Jason. Yeah, because because yeah, because in the prequels he still has that potential. You know, he it that that clarity is in him. It's just not it hasn't come to the surface yet. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck with the prequels, because, you know, if if you grew up with the OT and you were used to this really you know, centered, really enlightened Yoda, then it doesn't 
really click when you see a prequel and you don't you don't really understand why he's not that same person yet why he doesn't have that clarity why he makes mistakes and says things that are wrong even you know the fact that yoda could be wrong i think blew a lot of people's minds and they weren't ready to accept it with the prequels you know yeah yeah so yeah. i just want to play my favorite statement of it real quick cuz this is actually I had to really think about this a little bit because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, gee, I just love the theme. I've never thought about my favorite statement. But I got one. It's uh, yeah. it's in An Empire Strikes Back, and it's on the track called Luke's Nocturnal Visitor. And it's that moment when he's walking off with Luke's lamp. So here you go. Mm-hmm. It's super short. I mean, it's like, it's like <laughs> right. six seconds. <laughs> But I love it. It's just so magical, right? You got that harp, like just bringing you, you know, he's going deeper into the darkness of the swamp, but he's the light bearer. Go with him, you know? Yep. He's going to lead you to where you belong. So I just, I love that statement of it. Because again, that's not the type of music that belongs there. But Yoda's Yoda's not what we expected. He's so much more. And he's a great bendum. <laughs> so that's my number two. Um, we are. It is time to get into our number ones. Yes. Yeah. Ah, we're there. <laughs> what do you got for us, Katie? You know what I've got for you. You know exactly what it is. All right, I'm going to play it, and if I'm wrong, just reach across Skype and first check <laughs> me to death. But I'm going to guess that it is. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Great Nickelback song. <laughs> yes, Duel of the Fates, that Nickelback classic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Neither does Chad oh. Kroger. Oh, Carl, you were talking earlier about how you heard Luke and Leia's theme when you were 11. That's how old I was when I heard Duel of the Fates for the first time, and I have loved it since. It is one of those, it's just one of those songs, one of those moments that just seeped into my soul and mm. fundamentally changed who I was as a person. I was I I almost feel like I went through some sort of trial and I came out the other side changed, transformed even. I emerged from my chrysalis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Of course, I I don't even know if I have to say it, but yeah, my favorite statement of it is of course when those launch bay doors open for the first time and there's Darth Maul and he looks up and we're all like oh dang and quite and all like, like we'll handle this and uh, we'll like, take we're gonna take a long way I'm out I don't way. care yeah I'll take the <laughs> stairs <laughs> Let's find that piece of music. Oh, yeah, sure. Go for but it. Keep talking because it'll take me a second. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I well, I'm, I might as well say it here uh, now. But um, Katie. Yeah. We're number one, buddies. Are you kidding yeah! me? This is yeah. your number one, Jason. <laughs> Virtual high five oh. across the Skype machine. Yes. <laughs> no. I, yes, I, I love Duel of the Fates as well. 
still handle this. We'll take the long way. All right, let's get undressed. Oh my gosh, yeah, they just broke. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. We've got to do something, R2. <laughs> Here comes that blade. It's powerful. That is powerful. Oh. I feel it in my bones. Oh my gosh! Just talk about talk about music that when you hear it, you sit up and pay attention. If yes. you were, you know, if you were sleeping on the Phantom Menace, you walked into the theater and somehow the pod race didn't wake you up, and you start taking a little nap. Duel of the Fate starts up. You wake up. You're like, where am I? What's happening? Oh my gosh! It starts small. Like that's that's what happened. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna start rambling. I am. I'm quite overcome. This the song does things I'm to me. Overcome. <laughs> I'm quite overcome. Yes, I am. Where's my fainting couch? Uh, where, where'd I leave it? <laughs> <laughs> this this is. It's not specifically a character theme. However, what happens in the the way I have described this theme to myself um, mm-hmm. is that this is. This is Jedi versus Sith. This is good mm. versus evil in the prequels. This is mm-hmm. when they come into open conflict. Mm. Um, and it, of course, is, is used predominantly in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, but we also get a statement of an attack of the clones where Anakin is looking, searching for his mother. And I know, Carl, you're not particularly fond of it being used there. But I think it's great because it, it highlights the conflict within Anakin. And then, of course, it's used again in Revenge of the Sith during the Sidious-Palpatine duel, mm-hmm. uh, which is my favorite statement of it uh, mm-hmm. because of the the circumstance, because of what, what's going on in that scene. Uh, I Don't get me wrong. I love the moment you picked <laughs> where the ball is coming yeah. out of the doors. It's, it's epic. It's amazing. And you can't help but get like excited when it happens. However, when I step back and I, I, I take a look at this theme and the broader scope of things and, and the way that the, the Jedi and the Sith, the, the fates, so yeah. to speak, come into conflict, come into battle, that all really culminates with the battle between Yoda and Palpatine. And when they're in Ooh. the Senate and he's throwing the Senate at Yoda, it is this destruction, the literal destruction of democracy on screen. Um, and the last stand at the, for the moment of the good mm. that has been around for so long, the good has to change now, which is why we don't hear the theme again. The good has to transform into something new in order to overcome this evil. But the fates, have clashed this final time and the good guys lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like tragic because with the fact that he's destroying the Senate, I feel like Padme should be like, so this is how Liberty dies with, <laughs> with Katie Horn's massive yeah. joy. <laughs> Destructive <laughs> joy. Horn's cackling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, he's so enjoying himself. Um, Carl, do you have the uh, Revenge of the Sith extended soundtrack available? Jason, do parables tell stories? <laughs> they do. Um, yeah, I do. So Battle of the Heroes is the track um, that that this is uh, from, from played the extended in. one or from the extended. Yes, it's called Battle of the Heroes, it's, which is a bit of a misnomer, but yes. Okie dokie. 
Let me just it's only like a minute. And a half. Battle of the what is it? Oh, Battle of the Heroes. Here we go. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is in the Senate chamber. Yeah. It's my favorite use of the of this theme, uh, particularly because of the the visuals and the 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 thematic things that we're seeing on screen that go with it. Um, But basically, you you could have lifted that right out of the Phantom Menace anywhere. Basically, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but the what's going on on screen is why that version of it, why why that Mm -hmm. statement of it, is my favorite. but Duel of the Fates is the track of music. Uh, Duel of the Fates and the Phantom Menace soundtrack is the reason why I am so obsessed with film score, with mm. classical music. Um, and so uh, it's my number one, not only for the way I enjoy it in the films, the way I enjoy it, um, the way it, the way it tells the story and 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 you know highlights this. Mm. This conflict that's bigger than the characters on screen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's also what kickstarted my love for this genre of music. Yeah. And so that's why it's my number one. So you know, I. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't deny it. That position. <laughs> I love. I love how you say it's bigger than the characters on screen because that that's exactly you know what they're singing about. They're singing about um, you know the the there there's a battle raging most dread, but another rages inside the head. So it's about you know it's about more than the the clashing of lightsabers or you know the dismantling of the Senate. It's about you know the. What what really is going on is inside the head, inside the mind. The that internal conflict is then made external, <laughs> and so I I think that's how the song was always meant to be. We got to talk a little bit though about how it's become Maul's theme though, because that's <laughs> rad. I I cannot. I huh, I'm gone. Goodbye. <laughs> when when Maul showed up in Solo. That was rad enough, but I still can't believe that they just threw in Duel of the Fates, you know, as as his theme, because this song was supposed to be so much bigger than any one character. It was supposed to be about fate, about drama, about internal conflict, uh, and yet people remember it as Maul's theme, and that's how it's being used these days. Like, goodbye. I'm gone. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's it's so wow. good in solo the way they use it, the way it's so mm-hmm. subtle and quiet, and then we get the most clear statement of it as he like pulls the lightsaber to his hand. But it's it's mm-hmm. been playing in the background the whole time. 
the whole time. And it's yeah, great. it's really subtle and they're really quiet. And then yeah, and then he turns on the saber and we get dun 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 dun. Oh, my heart! My heart just like flutters out of of my chest. It's just goodbye, little bird. <laughs> <laughs> It's, All right. Well, Carl. Yeah. Bring officially, us home. Officially give us your number one. Bring us home. Well, <laughs> it's um, I, I mean, just for the sake of playing, it's not my favorite statement of the force theme, but for the sake of it being an extremely important moment in the film, let's hear some binary sunset where we get the first swell of this great force theme. So, of course, my, my favorite theme in Star Wars is the Force theme. Um, and I think it's it's more than just music in the Star mm-hmm. Wars films because and, – and I still have yet to do this and I really want to at some point. The Force theme is being played whenever the Force is working in the story, right? Like it is – the Force theme is literally the Force's presence within the story. Um, and while it is certainly not source music, to me, in a way, it is source music. It's, it is literally what binds the galaxy together, is this theme. It, it reaches across all the films, except, sadly, Solo. Now, I can't tell you how many times on Twitter I've had to tell people that you don't hear the damn force theme in Solo. They're like, oh, and Han sees the Falcon. It's like, that's not the force theme. Like, that is the rebel theme. <laughs> I, I honestly that's wish the rebel it, fanfare. I honestly wish it was the Force theme because I think it'd be really cool to imply that even Han is wrapped up in the will of the Force here. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I get why it's the rebel fanfare. It's pointing to the fact that he will one day join the rebellion and this ship itself will be part of that rebellion. Mm-hmm. But I would have preferred the Force theme. It's not the Force theme, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even in Rogue One, we get the Force theme. Um, mm-hmm. When Jin, is, you know, boards the the ship as, as they're about to leave for Scarif, you know, may the Force be with us. We get a quick statement of it, right? The Force is going with them, um, and and that's what I really love about the theme itself is even the way it sounds. There's something very triumphant embedded in this music because it's there's something about this piece of music that transcends everything happening to our characters and it elevates us to something higher. Um, that's what this theme does. Um, it's just perfect. It is. It is the actual oxygen of Star Wars music. Um, you know, while while John Williams brought the music of Star Wars to be the oxygen, the Force theme is the oxygen of the oxygen. It's the Metaclorians <laughs> of it. You know, yes, I mean, it is yeah. the deepest seated part of Star Wars that that weaves through our entire story because it shows us where the force is working. So if you want to know where the force is at work in the Star Wars movies, pay attention to the Force theme. And again, someday I do want to sit down. And mark where all those moments are in the film, because I do believe that's where the force is at work. Um, I want to give a quick shout out, though, to something that's not in the movies. There is a statement of the force theme in the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack, which was um, composed by Joel McNeely in 1996. Um, And it's in the track called uh, what is the track called? 
Carl, come on, get with it. Night Skies. It's in Night Skies. And I'm just going to play this quick statement. It's so big and beautiful um, in the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. So give me one second. I'll cue this up. Oh, I went a little too far. And a little, a little too far. Here we go. <laughs> I don't wow, know of that's any, awesome. Yeah, I don't know of any other statements of the Force theme that use a choir to back it up. Um, ah. I could be wrong, but as far as I know, Joel McNeely is the only one who's done that, and I love it. Um, and th- again, that's in the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack, and it's actually the it goes then it goes right into the uh, the Vader theme, mm. and it's actually this point in the story where Luke is meditating. Um, Leia's just been captured on Coruscant, and he's oh. meditating about her. He's, he's reaching across the galaxy with the Force to connect with her, and that's how Vader becomes aware where Luke actually is, so it goes right into his theme, because he's meditating trying to find Luke. So it's a really beautiful musical piece that Joel McNeely gave us. Um, so I just want to give a shout-out to that, because I think it's such a great piece of music. Um, but, crazy enough, you want to know where my favorite statement of the Force theme is? Yeah, yes. Where is it? Yeah. <gasps> Where do you think it is, Jason? We've been doing this a long time. Uh, I'm going to say Last Jedi. Yeah, me too. That's where my money is. You're both going to be right then. Yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's peace and purpose. That statement. Oh, yes. It's so beautiful. I've got chills running up and down my spine. The hair in the back of my neck is standing up. It's so good. Uh, Jason's all right. I got chills. They're multiplying. (laughs) (laughs) That's from Greece. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I I love the forest theme. You know, when when I was, when I think about like favorite character themes like it's definitely yoda but i was like wow if i'm going to talk about favorite musical themes like the force theme is definitely my favorite star wars piece of thematic music because it's to me my favorite part of star wars is the force that spiritual side of star wars Mm. um which is shocking that solo is so beloved by me but um uh I just, you know, I, I love that piece of music. It, it transcends everything that's happening. And, and like going back to the point you made with your statement of it, Katie, with mm-hmm. what happens with Ray in Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you know, we just lost our big hero. We lost Han. Finn just gets taken out. But the mm-hmm. Force is still at work in this new character, right? And mm-hmm. the Force is never done. No matter how bleak things get, the Force is always weaving itself through this galaxy to pull things back to the light. Um, so it's my favorite thing. Yeah, I really, I love the moment you picked. Of course I do. Cause I love that character and it makes me, it makes me cry where it's, um, 
you know, if if the force is that which connects all things, and that's that's all Luke ever wanted when he was on Tatooine and looking at that sunset, you know, he wanted to be, he was that young boy looking to the horizon, and he's, you know, if there's a bright center of the universe, he's the place it's furthest from. He wants to be out there. He wants to be with everyone. But then when he came to Octo, he cut himself off from the Force. He cut himself off from everyone. He cut himself off from Leia, even. You know, the the, the person that everything once centered around. You know, if he was going to fall to the dark side, it would be to protect Leia. And he cut himself off from her. And when he finally opened himself back up again, opened himself up to the Force, which is to be connected to everybody, that's when he made it. He's there. The sunset is is there with him. He is connected to everyone and becomes one with the Force. He just disappears. It's peace and purpose, and I love it so much that I think that's what that was what we owed him. That's what we owed Luke Skywalker, who gave us so much. the The best thing we could ever give him would be peace and purpose, and to let him go like that. Yeah. You know, no no big violent end for him. Mm-hmm. No, just good night, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. <laughs> and yet he'll still come and haunt you in your dreams. He gonna. Yeah, he gonna. He gonna. <laughs> Stay around, kid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Carl, Carl, I love what you said, how the Force theme, it's almost a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost a character in and of itself, you know, because it is. It tells you when the Force is at work. It tells you... To, to pay attention. When the force theme is played, it's like, pay attention. This is important. Mm-hmm. It's never used haphazardly. Mm. It's always important. It's always specific. Uh, it is a character in its own right, in a sense. Um, and I love that fact. Yeah. So, this is a great way to, to, to end this show. I, I, I couldn't yeah. think of a perfect way to, to go out after listening to that. So Agree. Agree. Well, yeah, there you go then. Thus concludes our top ten musical themes. And like the Larians, I agreed with them. The Force theme was indeed my favorite as well. Um, it's in my top three. Yes. And <laughs> Duel the Faith is better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, before we go, um, again, reminder, if, if you want to, stick around after the episode for uh, episode two of the A New Hope radio drama. Um, but we have a matchup for you given to us by a good friend of ours, uh, faithful Larry and Philip Liebold. And Jason, what is the matchup he gave us? Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, so we're, we're just going to have as much fun as you want with this one, folks. Uh, we got Captain Kennedy versus Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Take take that as you will. (laughs) (laughs) We I don't think we're really putting any uh, limits on how you want to take this this matchup. Captain Kennedy versus Admiral Akbar. I love this, by the way. Um, So I'm gonna have a lot of fun coming up with with who I think wins this matchup. (laughs) I can't wait to see the results. I can't wait. I'm so excited already. Carl, if people want to to weigh in on our matchup, if they want to add anything else to the conversation that we've had here about favorite themes or anything else, where can they do that? 
Yeah, you can you can follow us on Twitter um, at Wampas Lair. We have a Facebook, facebook.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always send us emails at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we have our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. And you can head over there for many episodes where Jason does backlight background character spotlight episodes. Uh, I've been doing the track by track breakdown of the solo soundtrack. I know I, I haven't done one in the last week. Uh, I've been crazy busy. It'll probably be another week till I get the next one, but check those out. You can, uh, you can get access to all of that over on our Patreon. Yes. And Katie, where can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, freak out and uh, <laughs> be as emotionally impacted by star Wars as you are? Well, you can follow me at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. Would love to talk some Star Wars with all of you, of course. Yes. Uh, she's always available on Twitter, folks. Always, uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, do y'all have anything else before we wrap up this episode? All good. That'll do it. This is Wait, perfect. Hear that? I love Okay. <laughs> all right well thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the wampus lair podcast this has been episode number 302 top 10 musical themes part stay tuned for the uh next episode of the hope radio promo but Pearl and katie i'm jason we'll see you next time here Star Wars, Episode 2, Points of Origin. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. The rebellion had its origins on many worlds, at many levels of society. One of the leaders of the rebellion is the Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. But neither her high birth nor her status as an imperial senator will protect her should her rebel affiliations be discovered. weapons trained on that ship, Commander? We do, Lord Tyan. But the ship appears to be just what she claims, a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. I have no doubt that she is. 
Princess Leia of Alderaan is a veritable angel of mercy. <laughs> Still, we mustn't become lax. Commander, the Princess Leia Organa demands to speak to the task force leader. I'll take it here. This is the Princess Leia Organa. Who's responsible for this outrage? I'd delight to hear your voice again, Your Highness. Lord Tyon here. I demand an explanation for this, Lord Tyon. I would be honored to explain. I'll send my personal land speeder for you. My own is being lowered now. Then I await you with great anticipation. Lord Tyon, she has no grounds for objection. Our mission on Raltir has been sanctioned by the Emperor himself. Oh, I'm not worried about legalities. I shall now have the privilege of placating a most attractive and influential young woman. The last of the population centers under control. Search and interrogation procedures have begun. Good. Ask him about Vader. Do you have a location for Lord Vader? He left this central interrogation camp a short while ago for your location. Very good. And the surveillance system? The main surveillance system will be operational shortly, sir. When it's functioning, maintain total audio monitoring of the spaceport. Sir. Ah, you're right on schedule, Lord Tyon. The planet's almost entirely under our control. And here she comes, a shining jewel in the Organa crown. <laughs> She's bringing her own bodyguards. <laughs> Greetings, Your Highness. Lord Tyon, I demand to know your the meaning Highness, of this. Your Highness, may I say that while I regret that circumstances require this inconvenience, I'm delighted to see you again. My ship was intercepted on her approach and forced to land under escort. The Tantive IV is a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. You have no right to Perhaps your captain here, Captain, uh... Captain Antilles, Lord Tyre. Antilles, yes. Perhaps he'll be good enough to explain what cooperation the Empire may command when emergency powers are invoked. Emergency powers? For what reason? When peace and stability are threatened, it's the Emperor's duty to intervene to ensure his subjects' security and well-being. Well-being? They're the ones you're arresting! Your Highness, in view of the uncertain situation here, I think we should depart Raltier as soon as possible. A sensible attitude, Antilles. It speaks well of your loyalty. How long will this state of emergency exist? Until certain troublemakers have been sifted from the general populace. Now, just what was your purpose in coming here, Your Highness? A humanitarian gesture, Lord Tyon. I'm afraid you'll have to be more precise. I ask in my official capacity now. The Tantive IV was to deliver medical supplies and spare parts to the High Council of Raltir. Pity to say the High Council no longer exists, either as individuals or as a political entity. Your misguided charity would have been spent on traitors. Surely you don't think that the entire population Enough were of them in... were sympathetic to the Rebel Alliance to require a purification here. The Empire will exert close guidance over them for their own safety. With a Starfleet blockade? With impressment gangs and interrogation centers? I recommend great care in choosing your words, Princess. I have a high regard for your family and, if I may say so, for you yourself. But there are certain things which even an Organa may not say with impunity. Her Highness was expressing understandable distress at the situation, of course. Of course. You'll pardon my candor, I'm sure, Your Highness. Perhaps I was too severe. It was nothing. You're too kind. You know, seeing your lovely face puts it in my mind to take your father up on his long-standing offer and spend some time on Alderaan. Lord Tyon, this would hardly be the time for... Any time's the time to visit Alderaan. How can one not enjoy a planet where peace and beauty are common preoccupations and art and learning the popular pastimes? We also follow current events, Lord Tyon. 
After this, you may not be so welcome as now, you... Now, now, Princess Leia. I'm a soldier and statesman in the service of the Emperor. A man of the galaxy like your father understands that. Besides, my visit would give us a chance to become better acquainted, you and I. Since we can't deliver our release supplies, I intend to raise ship immediately, Lord Tyon. And deprive me of your company so soon? I see no reason to remain. Well, I should search your ship. Procedure recommends it. Unless, of course, the princess would care to dine with me this evening? I suppose that could be... A yes? Way. There's an ambush on the space field's southern perimeter. The firefight's still in progress, sir. Have the area contained. Deploy troops immediately. I want the area contained. Sir. Commander, send in one of our reserve companies. I want prisoners. And have Lord Vader meet us there. Yes, Lord Tyler. Princess Leia, you'll have to return to your ship for safety's sake. A foolish rebel gesture, doomed to failure, of course. We've got the entire city well under control. I'll leave an escort here for you. I've my own, thank you. Very well. Your Highness, Captain Antilles. Commander, the southern perimeter. Quick. Sir. I suppose we have little choice but to go back to the Tantavy, Antilles. What if Lord Tyon searches her cargo? He'll only find medical supplies and technical equipment. Combat-type medipacks, three surgical field stations, spare parts and power units suitable for military equipment? Your Highness. What was that? Antilles over there. That man by the land speeder. He's wounded. Come on. Perhaps we can be of some help after all. Here. Your Highness, I must speak to you. He's been shot. Are you all right? Uh, let's sit him up. We have to summon a medic from the Tantive. No, no time. That attack, a diversion, so I could get through to you. Why? Information. I absorbed it under hypnotic imprint. Sword in his brain. What information? We, we, can't, we can't talk out here. What? They're setting up a surveillance system in the administration center. They'll monitor any conversation that's not shielded. I'll call the ship. Tantive 4, this is the captain. Train sensors on the city's administration center and tell me whether their surveillance system is operating. Negative, sir. Inform me if there's any change. Uh, uh, We've got to get uh, this man aboard the ship. Wait. Look. More stormtroopers. Quickly, hide him in the speeder. Your Highness, this puts you in too great a danger. No greater than yours. There. You lie still in there, and not a sound for all our lives. Antilles, look. In that first speeder. The black mask and cloak. Darth Vader. So... Even Lord Tyon has an Imperial Watcher over his shoulder. Welcome, Princess Leia, to Raltir. Lord Vader? Once again, you appear where rebel activity is rampant. You should be more prudent. You might come to harm someday. If you're looking for Lord Tyon, he's out on the space field's southern perimeter. I believe he's awaiting your arrival. It occurred to me to wonder why those traitors would throw their lives away on a useless gesture. Perhaps they hope to steal a ship. Or to divert us. You'll excuse us, Lord Vader, but it's my duty to get the princess back to the safety of the Tantive Four. Stand where you are, Captain. You've entered a security zone. Your ship and cargo, your vehicle and your own persons, even yours, Your Highness, are subject to search here and now. Ours is a diplomatic mission of mercy. An imperial decree of special emergency outweighs that. You're under our jurisdiction. Lord Vader, the Imperial Senate won't take this lightly. And any decision to search our ship rests with Lord Tyon. He's in charge here. And so he is. 
Yes, we'll make this completely legal, and then see just what it is you're conceiving. I wouldn't try to raise ship. Starfleet has orders to fire without warning. Driver, to the southern perimeter. You better get back to the Tantavy at once, Your Highness. We must get this man to a medic, and the shipping records have to be altered. Why? To make it appear that you know nothing of the ship's cargo, or of our friend here, for that matter. I won't let you take the blame for this, Antilles. We must find a way of preventing Tyan from searching the ship. Please, we can't discuss it out here any moment now that surveillance system will be in operation. That's it. What? The surveillance system. Don't you see? Tyan is certain to use it to eavesdrop on us. Find out how soon it'll be working. Tantavi, this is the captain. How close to operational is that surveillance system in the admin center? They're in pre-activation now, sir. A few more moments. Notify me when they're preparing to activate. Yes, sir. You're certain they'll be able to monitor our conversation? Anything we say out here in the field will be subject to monitoring when the system's activated, yes. Then I shall set a little trap for Lord Tyon. I'll take advantage of that bloated ego of his. Take your cues from me, Antilles. Captain, the system's energizing in five seconds. Four, three, two, one, mark. I think I shall let Lord Tyon search the Tantivy Antilles. It'll serve him right. What do you mean, Your Highness? Lord Tyon is attractive, but he's too forward, too confident. He needs to be taught a lesson. If he searches the Tantivy, he'll anger my father, and I'll be able to keep him at arm's length a little longer. And if he doesn't order a search? I think it's unlikely. He's not that much of a gentleman. You're probably right. And we must leave at once for Alderaan. First officer. Sir. Request clearance for immediate takeoff. Yes, sir. Good to have you back. Tarek, I know I'm not exactly dressed for the throne room, Your father left strict instructions to have you shown in the moment you arrived. Not a very good sign, is it? No, Your Highness. Well, I can't mend things by standing out here. Uh, Yes, Your Highness, if you please. The Princess Leia Organa of the Royal House of Alderaan. Greetings, daughter. And to you, father. When you didn't come directly to the court, we worried. Tarek, you may withdraw. Dismiss my court. Yes, Your Majesty. Leia, <laughs> welcome home. Oh, Father. Welcome home. <laughs> we were all so worried about you, and here you show up looking like a freight hauler's assistant. <laughs> when the Tantavy landed yesterday, I expected but you... I couldn't come straight home, Father. I had some thinking to do. And may a father ask why his daughter's doing all this soul-searching? Father... People on Raltir have been chased from their homes, pinned up like animals, executed without trial. Torture chambers are set up everywhere. They call them interrogation centers. The usual imperial procedure. You're lucky to get off with your life. And what conclusions have you reached? It's time Alderaan stopped resisting the Empire and started fighting it. Now, I know that runs counter to everything you believe in, Father, but I can't... Violence and warfare nearly destroyed us during the Clone Wars. Do you want to begin it all again? But we must help. What good does Alderaan's not having a single weapon do when the Emperor keeps building his armies and his Starfleet? Will you be the one to bring war to us, Leia? No. 
But I can't stand by while others in the Rebel Alliance are risking their lives. Will you take up arms? Are you prepared to kill? I didn't start this. The Empire did. I want only to stop it, Father. It may be too late even for that. Why? The wounded rebel you brought home gave us his information. The Empire has a secret project underway. Supervised by the Grand Moff Tarkin himself, Lord Tyon and a number of others are working under him. Tyon? What is it? An ultimate weapon, some sort of enormous battle station. They've codenamed it the Death Star. What? We need more information, Leia. Here is your chance to help. How? Lord Tyon is on his way here now. He has taken me up on a long-standing offer of hospitality and has invited himself to Alderaan. It seems he's convinced that you're taken with him. <laughs> that was a ruse. Your real feelings towards him are not unknown to me, Leia. Mm. Now, I've arranged for a private dinner party, just the three of us. What? And you and I will see what we can learn. Well, I suppose it's only for an evening. May it pass quickly. <laughs> now I'll tell you something about these traitors and terrorists who call themselves rebels and freedom fighters. They don't truly understand war. The fools on that particular planet actually thought that the Empire would negotiate with a pack of fanatics. Oh, no. <laughs> so when these so-called resistance leaders showed up to parley, we locked the doors from the outside and torched the building. <laughs> oh, 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 my, my. <laughs> What's the matter, Princess Leia? Have I failed to amuse you? Lotayan, my lord is upset that you've chosen to wear a sidearm. Alderaan is a world of peace. We have no weapons. That's why I came without guards, for an intimate little dinner among peaceful people. But I'm a soldier of the Emperor, and a soldier must always be ready for duty. I'm sure you must feel secure, being the only one armed. Uh, yes, Lord Tyne, can I help you to some large? No, thank you, no. Marvelous <laughs> idea, dispensing with table servants and a long guest list. No one cherishes quiet and informality more than we, Lord Tyne, I assure you. <laughs> 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 What are your plans on Alderaan? Well, I want to go down to your continent of Thon and take part in the hunting. Hunting? Hmm? There's no hunting on Alderaan. Come, come. I have it from good sources that your wildlife service will be thinning out the herd. They will only be culling out animals who are too diseased or too old to last the winter. Their forage will be scarce this season. But someone has to do the actual culling, as you call it. <laughs> and that's how you spend your holiday? Executing weak animals? Lay I beg your pardon, Lord Tyne, but... <laughs> it's quite all right. You lead such a sheltered life. You couldn't be expected to appreciate the way a soldier and outdoorsman thinks. Indeed. But you really ought to look beyond your Alderaan philosophies and consider the value of other things. Such as? Technology. Oh, I'll admit that you were more than comfortable here on Alderaan, but by employing more efficient methods, you could expand your economy threefold. If we cared to. Consider our two attitudes, Your Majesty. Your people place primary importance upon being at one with themselves. You don't approve? Well, consider the other side of the coin. A technology and methods of organizing people that can reshape entire planets and bring the galaxy under a single rule. Whether the galaxy desires it or not. 
Aldran could profit from a closer link to the Empire, I could provide that link. Perhaps you could make yourself clearer, my lord? A marriage between your daughter and me would benefit all of us. And what are you offering? Well said. At present, I'm only a minor nobleman from a lesser house. Soon, I shall be in one of the positions of highest authority in the Empire. As far as I can tell, you're little more than an errand boy for the Grand Moff Tarkin. The project we're completing will change all that. By serving Tarkin, I'll win an exalted rank for myself. And what is this project that's supposed to persuade me to marry you? Well, it's still classified. Then come back when it's unclassified. <laughs> Do you think I'm afraid to break a rule now and then? Project, as I said, is nearly complete. And the next convoy from Governor Tarkin's headquarters will transfer the plans to the Imperial vaults. Then amaze us with your confidences. <laughs> We're waiting. The Empire has built a battle station. Surely there's nothing new about a space fortress? I don't mean a mere orbital gun platform, Your Majesty. This is a machine of war such as the universe has never known. It's colossal, the size of a Class IV moon, and it possesses firepower unequaled in the history of warfare. And this... this flying pillbox is going to make you a member of the Imperial elite? More than a pillbox, Princess. It boasts a prime weapon capable of destroying entire planets. Entire planets? Mm -hmm. Henceforth, the Emperor will single out a source of trouble, and Lord Tarkin and those of us who serve him will simply snuff that trouble out of existence. But... But this is unthinkable. It's progress. A new order is emerging, and I intend to be among those who lead it. Your daughter can share it with me, and Alderaan can prosper from it. Blood and death? Leia, I think... From an empire that will rule unchallenged because of that battle station. A galaxy of slaves. Is that what you think I want? Leia, calm yourself. I'm offering you a place in the empire, Leia. And yes, a galaxy at your feet. An empire of oppression? Under a death star that will destroy... Death star? How did you know that The subject name? was marriage, Lord Tyan. I find your proposal... How did you know that code name? I didn't mention it. Oh, I use no code name. I... You did. I heard you. Death Star. Only someone with rebel contacts could have learned it. A mere verbal image, Lord Tyon. My, my that was no very... accidental turn of phrase. Lord Tyon... Your Majesty, I'm summoning the Imperial authorities. I'm going to have you and your daughter question. I'll trouble you to remember that you're a guest under this roof. Remain where you are. We'll soon see how much the Organas know about the Rebel Alliance. Stand aside, Princess. You're only making matters worse for your father and yourself. No. Leia! We can't let him do this, Father. I will ask you one more... Let me go. Traitor! No! Stop, Leia! No! Let me go! I warn you! His blaster! Help me! Please! No!
Is there any news yet? Yes. The Rebellion has fought its first space battle. I got word to them about the convoy Lord Tyon mentioned. And? They won. Oh, Father. We have captured the plans of the Death Star. Oh. We suffered heavy casualties, but it's an important victory. Now, what about Tyon? His body's been taken to the Southern Game Preserve. Good. The Empire shouldn't miss him for some time. Unless other business is settled, we'll arrange a likely hunting mishap and... There. He died by his own hand. You mustn't blame yourself. I don't, Father. Where are the plans now? The rebels on Toprawa want us to enter their solar system and make a close pass by their planet. They'll transmit the plans to us. But that'll surely be a restricted system by now. I shall take the Tantive. But, Father... It's still protected by diplomatic immunity. But you can't go, Father. You're too important to Alderaan. There. The plan depends on the Tantive. Only the royal house may ride in that ship. Father, who's always traveling in the Tantive on errands of mercy? There, no. No, no. I won't let you go. But they'll be less suspicious of me. Father, I told you I've been doing some thinking. Rebels died on Raltir to get word to us. Others died to capture the plans of the Death Star. They knew the danger. So do I. You can't expect me to stay here when there's vital work to be done. Father? Very well. Oh. But Antilles will go with you. Father, I won't fail you. Or the Alliance. There will be a second part to your mission, Leia. In the struggle, we shall need more than arms and intercepted plans. It's time we summon the help of one of our wisest warriors and leaders. Who, Father? The Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi. General Kenobi? Yes. Because of him, we survived the Clone Wars. Now we need his help again. Where is he? I'll give you the precise coordinates. After your mission at Toprawa, you must go to him and convince him to resume the fight against the Empire. I will do my best. You'll have to hurry. Father, thank you for trusting me. I'll try to make you proud of me. My daughter, you already have. You already have. Now hurry. The Princess Leia Organa is bound for Toprawa to intercept the plans of the Death Star, and then for Tatooine. On that dry, barren planet waits one of the last of the renowned Jedi Knights, and though Leia doesn't know it yet, a young moisture farmer named Luke Skywalker, whose life is about to be caught up in perilous entanglement with her own. Episode 2 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were David Aykroyd as Antilles, John Considine as Tyon, Stephen Elliott as Prester, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Leia. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vagley. Music by John Williams. 
Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. <laughs>